Hello and welcome to Mind and Matter. My name is Lucy Watts and I am your host. So I just want to start by saying thank you so much for all the positive feedback that I received on my first two episodes. So to give you all a little bit of context of my setup, I recorded my first episode in my bedroom. I was wearing my PJs and I had my hair tied into like a messy bun which is, you know, essentially my lockdown outfit of choice, considering we've been in lockdown for like 1,100 weeks in Melbourne. Um, And it's quite strange because you're essentially sitting in a room talking to yourself and it's like really hard to imagine an audience. And when I released the first two episodes, I was like, okay, cool, so... You know, like a couple of my friends will probably listen to this. My family will probably listen to this. Like, you know, my mum will listen to this. Um, But I was really blown away by how many people did listen and got in contact with me to say that they enjoyed the episodes or that something that I said resonated with them or maybe taught them something that they didn't know. And this really does mean a lot to me and... I do want to keep making content that you enjoy and can be passionate about. So please keep getting in touch and let me know what you think about what's been discussed or also if you maybe have a different perspective or opinion on the content. I am by no means an expert and I'm learning just as much as everyone else. And I think a big part of the learning process is sharing different perspectives and having ongoing conversations. So for today's episode, I want to discuss the transphobic ideas and beliefs expressed by JK Rowling and some of the implications of this. To give you all a little bit of context, JK Rowling is most famously known as the author of the Harry Potter series. And she's very much an individual who is shrouded in controversy due to her divisive opinions on gender and her expression of transphobic beliefs. She has most recently found herself in the limelight as she has just released a new crime novel, which is called Troubled Blood. And it's a part of a crime series that she publishes under a pseudonym, Robert Galbraith. So the novel portrays a cisgendered male serial killer who dresses up as a woman to lure his victims. And this choice of characterization has been perceived very much as a tool for her reinforcing the ideas she's previously expressed regarding gender identity. Um, And I will explore some of these today. So what really got me thinking about this is that there is an independent bookstore in Perth, Western Australia, which is called Rebel Books and Games. And they responded to the release of this new crime novel by announcing that they will no longer be selling any books published by J.K. Rowling or under her pseudonym, Robert Galbraith. And they will be removing the Harry Potter series from their shelves. In the announcement, they wrote, there are more worthy books to put on the shelf, books that don't harm communities and won't make us sad to unpack them. 
So it is important to note the Harry Potter books will still be available from Rabble Books and Games upon request. And any profits that are made from selling the Harry Potter books will be donated to the Trans Folk of Western Australia, which is a trans and gender diverse support service. And I think this is such a powerful and positive decision on their behalf that, you know, really works to take back some of the power and put the profits towards supporting a service that can undo some of the damage caused by opinions such as that of rallies. I feel like this decision makes a pretty bold statement and I guess I just really want to unpack the significance of this situation. I do want to preface that I am coming to this conversation as a cisgendered heterosexual woman and that I do understand the privilege that this affords me. And I believe that it's a really important conversation to have in terms of advocating for the LGBTIQ plus community, but I don't pretend to fully understand the challenges that they experience because these are not challenges that I personally experience. So I belong to the generation that grew up with Harry Potter and I wouldn't describe myself as like a diehard fan, but I've definitely always been a fan. I've been to the Harry Potter studios in London and anyone who's been there will know, like they give you a really strong insight into the magnitude of the world of Harry Potter and like just how groundbreaking the productions were for their time. And for me growing up, JK Rowling, I feel like was always portrayed as somebody to look up to and admire. So when she started developing the idea for Harry Potter, she was a single mother living on welfare at the time. And she managed to create this whole empire for herself and touch so many lives with the story that she created. She's been quite vocal about her experiences with depression and how she experienced suicidal ideation before writing the Harry Potter series. And I remember learning that she was rejected by 12 publishers before Harry Potter was picked up, which is, you know, quite an inspiring story of like courage and I guess like continuing on, like not giving up. And I feel like it's such a shame that this like incredible legacy that she was building and this position she had as a role model has just been so destroyed by her constant actions of transphobia. I want to detail a couple of examples to give you a little bit of context of what I'm talking about. So in response to a tweet that used the phrase people who menstruate, Rowling wrote people who menstruate. I'm sure there used to be a word for those people. Someone help me out. And then she wrote three kind of non-words after this that look and like would kind of be pronounced similar to women. And her message here is quite sarcastic and essentially she's mocking the use of this more inclusive language and saying, well, if you menstruate, then you must be a woman, which completely glazes over the position of transgender and non-binary people. Again, in a tweet, Rowling compared the use of hormone replacement treatment to gay conversion therapy. And for anyone who might not know what these treatments are, hormone treatment refers to when hormones are administered to a transgender individual as a part of their transition process. 
and it works to either feminize or masculinize their characteristics and features in order to essentially assist them in more closely aligning with the gender that they identify as. Comparatively, gay conversion therapy works on the belief that being gay is a mental illness and attempts very much unsuccessfully to cure this perceived mental illness and essentially stop the person from being gay. So this is incredibly physically and emotionally painful for the, um, the individual. And suffice it to say that these treatments are in no way comparable. Rowling has frequently expressed the belief that the movement to promote transgender rights is working to erode women as a political and biological class. And she has stated that a person's sex identity cannot be different to the one that they are assigned at birth. She has expressed concern around transgender people being able to access public restrooms or changing rooms, the gender that they identify as. Um, and this is on the basis that this may put vulnerable women at risk because men would be able to come in and use female restrooms under the guise that they are transgender. And is this line of thinking that has really sparked the controversy around troubled blood? This is not the entirety of her rap sheet, but there is only so long I can sit on this podcast for. But there is definitely a lot more information out there if you want to know a little bit more about some of the controversies she's caused. So the implications of her words and opinions is very well stated by Paris Lees, who is a journalist and transgender activist. Um, and she wrote the following on Twitter. Over in the real world, the number of trans people killed in Brazil has risen by 70% this past year. Young trans women are left burning cars and men who kill us for being trans are pardoned and sent home. A really shocking statistic to drive this home is that in Australia, transgender people are nearly 11 times more likely to attempt suicide compared to the general population. And the Trevor Project, which is a suicide prevention service for the LGBTIQ community in America, revealed that 61% of transgender and non-binary youth reported being prevented or discouraged from using a bathroom that corresponds with their gender identity. They also found that one in three LGBTIQ youth report that they've been physically threatened or harmed in their lifetime consequential of their LGBTIQ plus identity. So when you consider the degree of discrimination and harassment that the transgender and non-binary community experiences, it really does drive home just how disheartening it is to have someone who has the platform that Rowling does, using it to perpetuate negative stereotypes rather than offering a voice for people who are struggling. Her new book, Troubled Blood, features this very overused trope of a man dressing up as a woman to inflict harm and reflects the idea endorsed by people like Rowling that gender expression is a dangerous thing and that a man who chooses to wear a dress must have hostile intentions. So coming back to the decision by Rabble Books and Games to remove Harry Potter from the shelves, I think this raises a very interesting point about 
how JK Rowling's opinions of the trans and non-binary community affect our relationship with Harry Potter. I've always loved the books and I always pictured that if I were to ever have children, that I would totally be that annoying parent who like forces all of my children to read and watch Harry Potter. Um, but I've definitely been reconsidering this a little bit. The thing about Rowling's comments is that they seem to directly contradict the values that she expresses within the Harry Potter series, which is very much a story about love and courage and standing up for what you believe in and defying the odds. And, you know, there's a reason why they've been such a cult classic and why they've been such a source of comfort and magic for many people. Sex and the City star Cynthia Nixon spoke to The Independent about the really devastating impact that the release of Rowling's new book had on her 23-year-old transgender son because Harry Potter was such an important part of his childhood. And there is so many stories like this out there. In doing research for this podcast, I've read a few different stories of transgender and non-binary people who were grappling with this situation where Rowling has been the woman who created this world of magic and overcoming adversity while simultaneously being the woman using her platform to spread harmful stereotypes about them. And this raises the question of, can we separate these two things? Like, can we still love and engage with Harry Potter without associating it with JK Rowling and her comments? And honestly, I don't have the answer and I don't think there is a simple answer to this situation. I feel like there's been a bit of a movement to essentially emancipate Harry Potter um, on the internet. And I would love to know what you guys think of this. And maybe if you think more bookstores should be following in the footsteps of Rebel Books and Games and taking Harry Potter off the shelves. I think I will leave it here, but thank you again for listening. If this episode has brought up any negative feelings or experiences for you, I will put some information in the show notes about support services that you can access. I will be releasing an episode every Monday. So if you're listening along on Spotify, please click the follow button. You can keep in touch on the Facebook page, Mind and Matter Podcast, or follow along on Instagram at mindandmatter.podcast. I'll be back in your ears next week. But until then, thank you and goodbye.